Now you can see us. There we go. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugee Podcast. Ted here, John here. Well, hey, at least the uh, at least everything uh, everything looks like it is correct as far as the um, as far as the uh, let me actually have, I need to adjust some audio. I don't remember if I actually adjusted it. Um, I might have to do it the old-fashioned way. Anyway, we're flying kind of blind here. Uh, producer uh, Brian had uh, we've we, we've had we've had our our normal lives. I think. Uh, Get into the uh, uh, and intervene into the show. I think it's safe to say, John. Right? It is, and also, you know, I, I, it's really unacceptable that you guys allow your paying jobs and your families to get in the way of this podcast that we do recreationally. It's not acceptable. <laughs> We're gonna have to have a conversation after this podcast team meeting. It's not gonna be good. All right. Yep. So we're, I, I'm gonna be chastised, but in the meantime, let's talk some soccer. Let's do it. Let's talk some soccer. Uh, so, John, uh, let's let's jump right into it. I think the big news. This is kind of old news, I think, in, in a lot of ways. This is what happens um, when we when we skip a week. We've got a, we've got we've got old news to keep up on, particularly in the off season when new news doesn't really generate itself very quickly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I guess the the big news, obviously, I think we kind of talked on the show that we kind of last week. I think it was about ready to wrap up the CBA. So, I think we were all were kind of in the things that uh, this is probably going to get signed. Um, I, I have to admit, I, I am done believing anything as far as the players uh actually uh wanting a cba uh or 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 a strike for instance i Mm. I am done believing when they say oh this is it we're gonna strike we're gonna strike this is it this is this is this is this is when we we put our foot down so uh the owners are with you on that by the way yeah They they are pressing x for doubt Yep. <laughs> They're like, all right, yeah, you can strike. Uh yeah, we'll just uh we'll just shut the doors and 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 that'll be it. Um uh but yeah, but uh let's let's get into the CBA. I think the big the big part about this is 5 years. 5 years on the CBA, which is a big win for the owners in any way you slice it. Yeah, any way you slice it. And a uh a minor win let's say for uh soccer podcast and producers yes. in the fact that we don't have to talk about uh uh i think the only podcast that's hurting right now might be the allocation disorder because they've kind of made that their thing oh we're gonna do you know labor negotiations and they and they do a much better in-depth job and they, they've have probably a more better more nuanced breakdown than we'll have here today uh probably because you guys already know uh sort of a lot of the details of, of the thing but we'll definitely talk mm-hmm. about it but uh yeah five years so we don't have to talk about this until uh, right after the 2026 World Cup, I think is what it is. Um, so, but uh, but so the big thing obviously is the owners got what they wanted two year extension. Um, the existing CDA runs through 2027. So they got they basically said, all right, we'll pay you your your 100 percent of your salaries, but we want this extra two years. Um, and you know, tough tough place for the players because there are probably some players that are like, well, pff, I'm not going to probably be here in 2027. <laughs> I am 30 right the- now. I'm going to be retired by then. The crux of all the crux of all labor negotiations is what does this mean for me? Yeah, <laughs> and not and not what does this mean for our overall sort of strength as an organization? That's the that's the real unfortunate part about it. Yeah, um, and I think what we what we saw right here was the players still just have very very little negotiating power. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, the guys on the allocation sort of the best. They said, you know, this is still t- tilted towards the owners. Every labor negotiation is tilted towards the owners. They're the ones with the money. Um, even if the millions and millions of dollars that the players are making, it, it pales into comparison to what some of these owners have. And MLS is even more so. So it's even more tilted. Um, the owners can go away without having to worry about a paycheck. Uh, the 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 owners are are they they can, all right, we'll shut it down. We don't care. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll just shut the doors and tell deal me with it. Ted, tell me if this is too insensitive and too and too like learn to code of me to say this. But the 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 conversation was basically saying. There are guys making $80,000 a year who cannot afford to not play. Yeah. Which is true. I get that. But then I also think about like opportunity costs for these players. So if you're making $80,000 and you're at the bottom of the roster and, you know, you're not getting a lot of play time, like it would be, it would behoove me if it's me. I'm 22 years old. It'd be one thing if I was a, like a Moses Nyman or something 15 or 16 years old and on not a lot of money. That's one thing. But I'm a college graduate. I'm making I'm making the minimum. I would be really pushing myself to try to, to develop some. I would try to Russell Knauss it. Russell Knauss with his nine income streams. <laughs> if if the league went away tomorrow, he'd probably be okay. He would probably be fine. Like he's got a lot of things cooking. It seems to me like it's a really good thing to be a hustler. 
as a as a professional athlete that's not making a lot of money so that there's a you're you're not left in the lurch so much. I don't know if that's sort of like learn to code when you get fired or whatever. I I understand that, but like I I remember two years ago, the league used to let players get their uh, bachelor's degree, finish their bachelor's degree or master's at uh, like some online North Southern New, New Hampshire. Hampshire University. Yeah, yeah. Southern New Hampshire University. Like, I, I mean, whatever. But, but I think Chris Seitz is doing it now still. Like, I think that that's, you know, do that because there is there. It's an obvious strength that the owners have. Um, not everybody's going to be Chris Wondolowski and be a reserve league player. And then all of a sudden at, at the end of a long and storied career, be the all time goal scoring leader. You're probably going to wash out. You're probably not going to have a long career. So, like, I don't know. I, I think that the union should really be pushing, and maybe they are, and it's just not publicized, but really be pushing these players on the lower end of the income scale to give themselves some economic resilience so that the next time this thing comes around, obviously there's not a big strike fund. They can't, they can't, they, they used it all, they said, to sort of make up from last year. But I just, I'm trying to look long term how the players can really win on these. And the the problems that they have, like the place of soccer in society, the fact that if MLS went away, we would be really mad and upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it really probably wouldn't register on ESPN, for instance, or, or or in the broader market. So that's the only way I see them winning is to strengthen their own their own economic hand, so that they can actually be a a, a good faith opponent for the owners. Because right now they're just running them over with a truck. I I see, I see them winning, or I see them starting to maybe win. Or really have a collective, you know, when there are suddenly enough talented players that the union could organize sort of a, a hey, hey, you know, call out to other teams. Hey, you know, you, Liga MX, Club America, do you want this guy maybe for like a few months or do you need this guy? You know, you don't have to pay a transfer fee. You just sign him to a contract. Maybe you sign him for like a six-month contract. While we go through these labor, once we start getting the, and, and I do think we are on a path there. The MLS market is suddenly becoming a fairly desirable market for players. Now that could change and it, it fluctuates and it, it it moves around. But I think that that is other than the players suddenly making once the you know the 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 minimum income becomes two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand yep. dollars. It, where that's that's the only thing I can see is is suddenly there is enough talent, there's enough recognized talent in this league. And you have sort of the big name players, maybe, who are like, "Hey, you know, we'll 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 chip in some money. You know, we're making fifty million dollars. You know, we have that money. We can chip in." I, I mean, I think in this five six years, if I'm the union, I am putting together a plan where maybe we can we can organize a rainy day fund where we can really sort of shield ourselves at the very least, and also develop develop a network uh, mm-hmm. or figure out a way to. Get in, you know, once we start approaching the, the collective bargaining agreement, start, you know, going to some of these teams maybe and, and figuring out a way to have contracts. I don't know. I don't know how legal it is. I don't know if MLS would cry foul. Probably. But, probably. But I mean, it's an idea. It's a way, you know, I'm trying to come up with a way that these teams can, these players can sort of gain more leverage. Because I think that's what we all want. We want the players to have more leverage. We're not cheering Jason Levian. We're not cheering Bob Rob Kraft. We're cheering, you know, Felipe Martins. We're cheering, you know, for those players. So we, we yep. have a better, bigger connection to the players than we do certainly the owners and and certainly the club as well. Um, they're they're the ones out there. So, um, but let's so, let's let's talk a little bit about the CBA. Yeah, let's get into so it. the I think that I think that the real you know the two concessions to players were the hundred percent compensation this year, which they kind of gave to them. <laughs> right, short, somewhat short sighted as far as like. If that's your big chip, but that's what they got. And the other thing was a slight, a slight change in the free agency uh, uh, setup. So if you remember, if you're a medium term fan of of MLS or you know a nerd that's been following, I would say not just fan. If you're into MLS roster machinations, you'll know that free agency has not always been a thing um, in MLS. It's it's kind of weird. You have to be pretty old by the terms of like your your prime. Uh, and have played with the team for a certain number of years to get that to get that opportunity. Um, so all they've done now is uh, they've changed it slightly to make it in the year twenty twenty in the twenty twenty six season, which feels forever from now, but it is in fact five years from now. Players twenty four and older will, will with, with at least four years of MLS service at the end of their contracts are eligible to become a free agent. Also, there are rules in how much money more you can make. So again, to get into the really nerdy stuff here, 
For players making the maximum salary budget charge or less, a free agent can sign a contract with another club with an initial salary of greater than 25% above the maximum salary budget charge or 20% above the blah, blah, blah. For players making the maximum salary budget charge and the maximum TAM amount, so players that are um, big names, basically, usually big names or like major parts of their team who are no longer in the plans but want to stay in MLS, that player could earn 20% above the prior salary up to 500000 above the maximum salary charge. So basically, the way it, it's it's old, it's older player insurance. It's big name insurance when a team no longer wants to have that budget hit there, uh, but somebody else in MLS does, and they don't want to worry about, you know, all the all the allocation order, all of the re-entry draft, all that stuff. It's just saying, let's let let's let someone negotiate their value and go where they want to go. We want I, you know, I think I think both of us would like that to just be the standard across the board. After your rookie contract is up, you go where you want and you get and you can get what the market dictates for you. But they will hold with both hands with steel fingers to not, to make sure that doesn't happen because that is how you get wage inflation. That is how you burn up your budget on players that don't bring necessarily bring people through the door and don't bring eyes to the to the uh to the TV. So owners will push against that. The single entity is built to keep wage pressure downward. So, um, but they, they, I mean, it's a small improvement. It's, 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 it's minor five years from now. They're going to, they're going to get it, but that's one thing. One of the interesting things about the thing, which I think you, you, you left out of our outline. So I'm going to call you out for it. Okay. Um, is the uh, under 22 player initiative, uh, which is set to begin in the 2021 season. Now this is actually interesting. I actually, I, I am, I, I'm curious to see kind of what it develops. I feel like I see things that are sort of put in MLS and then it's like, okay, well, I think it's going to go this way and it ends up being used in a totally different way. Um, so what this is, is that there's still some some details, I guess, to be figured out with this. Uh, but basically this thing is uh, that teams will basically uh, – any players under the age of, 20, of 22 uh, with no limitations on acquisition costs. So they can spend – $30 million on a player under 2022, bring him in. That does not – because because normally when, when DC goes out and buys a player or they pay for a player, they they pay, agree to the transfer fee. That transfer fee gets factored in to their salary budget. So you can't just go spend $30 million on a player, pay them a dollar, and say they're not a designated player basically. No, they're a designated player. But, but what this does is say is they're under age of 22 – and they uh, make less than the maximum budget charge, which is set to be six hundred and twelve thousand dollars. Then you can you can pay as much as you want for that player, and basically they will take a reduced cap hit. Um, I think it's around a hundred, a hundred to two hundred thousand um, dollars. That is a very, very interesting, uh, a very, very interesting move. Um, and I'll be curious to see how a team like DC United takes advantage of this. They have gone after, started to go after some of these more younger, younger base players. Um, you know, will that sort of change how they look at things? You can, you know, go out and scout South America and you can find a 20, 21 year old, you know, you can, as long as you can agree on a, on a salary, that's $612,000, you can go sign them and you get them at that reduced cost. Um, so again, it's, it's, it's going to add a little interesting wrinkle, I think to, to the MLS budget. And it's sort of, it's, 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 it's enforcing the idea of this league wanting to be a selling league. And so they want to encourage signing younger players that you maybe can sell two, three years down the line. Another question is, of course, of how much, you know, how much money do they make, um, you know, from those transfers? You know, there's always homegrown players, 100 percent. The math gets a little weird once you once you have a player that that you sort of sign. That's not a homegrown player. Uh, but that's sort of, I think, the the most interesting wrinkle. And I'll be curious which teams sort of take advantage of that. Because it seems pretty no-brainer. I mean, if you can go out and spend whatever you want on a transfer fee and you don't have to worry about how that impacts your budget, uh, that sort of opens the door. And, and I'm wondering, you know, we've seen moves like Emil Assad where they agreed on a fee, but they said, well, we need to break this up because we need to make sure this stays within our salary budget. And the South American club was like, we don't understand. We, yeah, what is this? No, what no, com no comprende, no comprende. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll, you'll pay the full amount right now, please. Um, so so I think I think that maybe that drove a little bit this sort of initiative like, hey, we got to, you know, loosen the loosen the grip a little bit on on the uh, on the transfer fees if we want to get good talent in here. Um, now this question, can they scout the talent? There have been plenty of players that have come in that we think are going to be studs in this league that end up falling flat on their face 
Uh, Pity Martinez being one who might be back in a little bit. We can maybe talk a little bit about. Yeah, that, we'll but, talk about that. But, Don't worry. But, I'm, I'm going to scout Ted. I, I have now. I've now uh, paid for Fanat Fanatis Fanatis. Uh, I have now all of the South American leagues that I can watch. I can watch Portugal. I can watch all of seven dollars a month, and so I will scout for DC United. I will pro bono <laughs> scout these leagues and let them and let them know you know who they should sign for cheap. They might they might call you up on that one. They might. One one last thing. So a, a large a large reason was I think this push by MLS to push this past the uh, the World Cup and, and the supposed World Cup bump. Oh, the and definite World Cup bump. It'll happen. Mm, you don't think so? Okay. Okay. So I I I'm not going to sit here and say ah oh, there'll, there'll be nothing. It'll be exactly the same as it was. But we live in a very very different. I, I think people are imagining this 1994 massive world cup bump this amazing you know i i think maybe i think really if this world cup had come to the u.s cut this upcoming year in 2022 i think it may be a more significant bump i i would even doubt its bump right now you have so much soccer now that you can watch i sat this saturday and watched the belgian league because espn just signed a right so i got to uh, watch uh chris durkin um play for uh, stvv or St. Truden. I'm not sure like what the proper pronunciation is. But there is so much soccer content out there these days. And I'm sorry, people. If you complain about all the over-the-top services you have to, to have to buy or not buy depending on what you want, uh, you're spoiled. I'm sorry. Uh, let's go back to the days. I, 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 I do see posts reminiscing about Fox Soccer Channel. And I'm like, okay, what? sure. It was, it was nice to have a dedicated soccer channel it was nice to have something you could flip on the tv and you know there'd be some like asian highlight show i'll sit and watch this this sounds interesting but dear lord saturday rolls around and you could watch one match and it used to be like 35 dollars when you had a long time ago it was like 35.99 a month yeah it's i mean it went down it went down over time but at the the original it was crazy folks i understand the streaming services are annoying in a lot of ways and sometimes I, i i wish it was a little better Better organized. Um, I, I I understand it. It's a house of cards that's going to fall eventually because people are going to get sick and tired of paying for this. Um, but the fact of the matter is, folks, we're living in a golden age. And I just doubt with the amount of like soccer that's out there, I just I don't know how much a World Cup bump is really going to happen for MLS. I think it'll be there'll be something, but I'm just not. I, I think we'll see maybe a bit more in the lead up to the World Cup. Uh, but not so much maybe afterwards. I, I think we'll see a lot, you know, the qualifying, the U.S. team, there'll be promotions and, and you know, you'll start seeing that. And there's they're not going to there's not there's going to be so much money spent on soccer marketing so much that just just from the sheer the sheer brunt of that, I think there will be more eyeballs saying, all right, well, where can I actually go see this once the World Cup's done? Now, just like last time. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I don't it doesn't it doesn't reset the framework. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not going to, it's not going to reset the, uh, uh, the TV deal to an extent where the players are going to get hosed by a large margin. I think that won't happen, but I want to address some, some questions in the chat real quick. Sure. Um, Mark Rickling said, uh, that we were talking back sort of about the, the advantage you were talking about being able to spend more on transfer fees. Uh, and I read this book forever ago and I forget it now. Classic soccernomics finding team salary is correlated with wins. Net transfer spend is not. And he said, of course, this is from Europe and not MLS. So don't don't know if it's true or not. And I was saying that I think that's that's a good point because what you pay in a international transfer market has no relevance to your domestic market. Like you could pay way more than a player is worth to your team um, from when you're importing them versus you know internally in the market. The market is decided by the, the quality of players within the league. So you're making you're making an assumption based on data that you can't confirm that player from league y will do well in league x because of unknown unknown information so i i think that's interesting when you look at a salary cap league you can't build up an advantage on salary you don't the the max is the max um you can spend less but the only way the only advantage you can have is spending on those ancillary costs of transfer fees etc um I, i will say i will say you say yes yes to europe i will say mls is kind of a different a different fish in in sort of its salary and league structure where you've seen the teams that have gone out and spent the money and and brought in the players and paid that amount um and, and do it well and scout well are very successful mm-hmm. um atlanta 
completely rewrote the rules on transfers. They broke some records. Yeah, they swung and miss on on a couple on a uh, on a couple a late, couple in a row. Yes, couple in a row. Which 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 just shows you know that that just can happen. But and I mean, then I, he can write them off. And yeah. that, and the ownership can be like, well, we missed it. Yeah. And just not be like, in. well, we're never going to sign. Like when DC United missed Marcelo Gallardo, they didn't sign a DP for th- like two or three years. That's the difference. That 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 was more financial, I think. Than, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, That's the difference. Anything. So so I mean, that, that, there there was more pressure, more pressure on on sort of the financials for that. Um, and then one other comment here from uh, Asthmatic Ten from Twitch uh, says, "Will the bump be lessened by TV focus on U.S. players playing abroad if the focus is watching MLS?" That's a good. Uh, it, That's they they good could. Point. It could. Yeah. The, the idea is how many young players that are still here will be featuring on the team by then, by by that many years from now. Hard to say. You're looking at the U17s um, now, then, basically. So it's a question. But I think you're right. If the, if the trend continues where the money ball for Europe is to find these 17, 18-year-old players with like six games in FC Dallas to go play for Bayern Munich, then we're not going to be able to keep many of them. So you're you're right. MLS will just basically be like, "Hey, you know that soccer you liked in the World Cup? None of those players are here, but you can watch the the sport here. <laughs> it's, it's right I over think, here. I think if 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 we have learned anything, I think from from twenty from the twenty eighteen disaster, U.S. soccer needs to keep churning out, and I think that's what we've seen right now. We've seen players, Matthew Hoppy, coming out of nowhere. We need we need that to be a consistent thing um, in order to be that. I, I was looking. I was curious. I was like, "What is Christian Pulisic's age? He's twenty two years old. He's having some struggles at, at Chelsea right now. Um, those are uh, hopefully temporary. Hopefully, yeah. it's not the start of a trend. But I, I, I think he, I, I think he will be sold in the summer somewhere else. Right now, it may change. Um, but I don't think that Thomas Tuchel will necessarily be here next year, but, depending on how things go. So, but at twenty at tw- on twenty twenty six, he'll be twenty eight. So. You're looking at at least maybe another World Cup after that. He's 32 at the next by the 2030 World Cup. Um, but at 26, he'll be in his prime at that point. And you've got a lot of players younger than him. Gia Reyna, um, Tyler Adams, uh, Mark McKenzie, uh, all these players that are now suddenly finding their foot, finding their footwork in Europe um, and starting to show it. It's 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 pushing guys like Jordan Morris and Paul Ariola, which by the way, I think I saw a list of like Paul Ariola is getting dogged on heavily by USMNT fans. We'll um, talk about it. But but I do think I do think there still will be a place you, you can't unless there is an absolute revolution in in American soccer, I think you will still see players from MLS on that team. Because it is very, very diff- – it'll be very, very difficult to have 18 players playing in Europe. In, in every position. World, in every position on a World Cup roster. You're going to need to fill some gaps and fill some holes. And that's why it helps to have a strong domestic league. So um, I, I That's think why we're doing this. I, I think you could see a shift. There, there was a lot of focus on MLS in you know, 2022, 2020, 2020, um, and even 2010, there was a lot of focus on MLS and the, and the players there. I do think you will hopefully see more. Hey, this guy started at Philadelphia, signed for Red Bull Salzburg, and is now playing at Manchester United and is playing on the world. You know, I think you'll see some of those types of stories where, hey, this guy started here in MLS. You know, and, and I think that's what MLS is preparing for. That's why they want to be a selling league. They want to be a league where you can say, hey, I saw this guy. You know when he when he was you know when he was at Philly, you know, um, and I think that that's the important that's sort of the the what MLS is driving for. It is wild to me and entirely predictable that MLS went from wanting to be the EPL to to wanting to be Liga, yeah. In, in like in like six years, when they realized like you know what, not going to happen. Let's uh, let's stop let's stop pretending. Um, and then the last thing I want to cover from this is the last CBA note. Uh, the thing that matters from a roster construction point in 2021, this is counting all of the funny money. So get general allocation money and discretionary TAM, which we're not going to get into on this podcast. If you want to do that, go to listen to this, this uh, allocation disorder. Uh, right now in 2021, the max is 9.2 million. In 2027, the max will be 13 million. So 4 million up. Yeah. Inflation, a little bit of that. Now again, they're, they're soft caps in MLS, so you know who knows MLS might suddenly MLS reserves the right to change the rules to change the rules to throw in. Hey, let's throw in another 
million dollars in gam or let's throw in two more million dollars in gam. i bet you after the after these two years they will not be doing that i think i think i think that 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 is that is the time when they're a little flush like now now they're a little bit like wow can we save money to get to the next so i think i think this is i think this is what you're going to see that that this of course does not include spending monies on dp stuff this is just what the league gives you to spend on your roster not even what your owners have to important thing for for new fans to understand and 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 appreciate that money is not paid for directly by the owner. That's not coming out of Jason Levian's pocket. The league pays for these salaries. The GAM, TAM, all that stuff comes from MLS. The checks are not written from Jason to Paul Ariola. They are, they come from league office. Here's your money. So all the money that, that, that these owners spend on the on the roster is the DPs and any and any sort of any sort of external transfer fees. That's their that's their costs. So keep that in mind when you when you look at spend and, and guys you're bringing in. And for our next topic, we will talk about how silly transfer rumor articles are, say, when DC United, New York Red Bulls join race for Player X. Yeah. When there's discovery rules and all kinds of other all fun, 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 fun dorky things. stuff. Let, let, let's talk uh, Let's talk Jersey now. Let's yeah, move yeah. on. Let's get to Jersey. Uh, so, John, the New Jersey came out. Yep. It is not It is not boring white Hanes t-shirt. It is so not. Already. A plus. A plus. From that perspective. <laughs> from that perspective. Um. Sort of mixed reaction amongst the fans. Some like it. I, I will say, I think this is a difficult jersey to judge based on pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be curious to see how it looks sort of live. I have it um, tomorrow. I'll show you. I'll show I, you when I get it tomorrow. Because because I I saw the pictures and I'm like, okay, so they've got the blue accent. All right, it's not. You know, it's it looks better. I, yeah, and everybody's like, oh, why the blue? You know, we're not. We're black and red. What are you doing? Uh, it. I think they were trying to sort of pay homage pay homage to uh the cat in the hat kit um which is they said that after the fact they i think after they got a little bit of stick the next day they, they put out a video like hey look we used to be blue see you know what I'm, I'm i am perfectly fine with the team with the away jersey the home jersey should be black it yep. should be solid black Forever, it should always. be that is a classic iconic look that should never never go away um but for the away jersey go go nuts Come up with some. Come up with some weird. If we're not going to have a third jersey, let's go crazy. Let's come up with some weird. Let's come up with some weird things. Let's do do weird things. I still think the 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 red jersey that they had with like the logo that was like that 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 was probably the sharpest away jersey that we have had. And it's Which a one? shame the it was the I think it was a couple years back. It was like the red, and then it kind of faded out towards the bottom. I think like oh you like, like that one huh yeah not, I like not- that. Was that that was not the one that looked like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Chest, yeah, right? no, not that one. That one, <laughs> I think they got burned kind of on that one. Like, oh, let's just go with something like classic and solid. And then now we're we're gonna start inching our way back towards that. It's fashion, um, right? Like that's how it goes. It's it's it's, it's trends. Although a white T shirt was never the trend. Um, that was never the way to go. Yeah, uh, we I, we don't you know normally we normally have producer Brian on here and we would we would throw the picture uh, <laughs> on there. We do not have that capability. Uh, but check it out. It's on DCNet.com if somehow you're listening to the show and haven't seen the jersey. Um, I, you know, I bought it. I said I was going to buy it no matter what. I think uh, somebody on Twitter, I think it was Mark again, said, uh, where is it? Uh, what is up with these prices on these jerseys? Tax the rich. Am I right? Or am I right? Yeah, it's not. If you want authentic and you want and you want um, and you want uh, personalization, you're, you're going to you, you, you about to pay. And yeah. uh, I think the fact that I'm not buying tickets anymore because you can't get into the stands gives me some money to play with. But also, like I said, I my uh, too much of my uh, wardrobe is jerseys. So and that will uh, forever thus. So I will be buying them no matter what. I think that I think it's, you know, I think it's a slight risk they took. Certainly not the most risky thing they could have done. Um, I would I like to see sleeves being different. I think that's I think that breaks up. I think to have sort of like a color block difference from the the main body to the sleeves kind of i like the contrast um but it's fine yeah (laughs) buy it if you want if you don't want to don't i think the full kit with the blue shorts and everything gives it sort of i think a a better look and and i'm still very glad that they are keeping the black kit with the with the red shorts this year it looks like which is which is which is very good so ryan ryan johnson on, on youtube wants to know why third kits are not a thing in mls and i love that red third kit um, if my bed was clean, I would show you over my shoulder. I have a, I just hung up my, my red Jersey with that whole bunch of autographs on it. It was it very cool. Jersey loved it. Had it for one, they had it for one year. I believe I got, um, I got my D row one too. I still have my D row. 
a red red kit. I bought that. That was that was a very solid kit. If you if you followed the the news about it um, previously in the last couple of weeks, I know that pa- uh, Pablo had a piece about uh, Atlanta United getting a third kit. And the reason, I mean, it's it's a boring reason. Like it's all it's all about stock purchase, and they don't want to be they don't want to have teams stuck with a bunch of jerseys that don't, that don't sell. It makes sense. Like I get it. It sucks that there aren't enough people who want to buy jerseys that they can dependably just buy them and know that they'll get sold. But it's not the case. Even you know, DC United home jerseys. If you wait till the end of the year, like you can get it for fifty bucks, thirty bucks, forty bucks. You just wait, and, and it happens. They buy more than they can sell. And I think DC United's like towards the bottom of in the league of, of jerseys sold. So if you if you want them, buy them. Like if yeah. you if you want a third jersey, buy this white jersey. <laughs> yep. Buy this. Buy a black one. Buy buy. You know, the, the, it's all it's all tied to sales. And we need an Amazon affiliate link through the show. Like if you buy, if you listen to us and buy a DC United jersey, we get one percent of the sale. I, we gotta figure it out. We'll talk to we'll talk to the team. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh. But well. But definitely. Uh. I I think it's still it, it's it's better than last year. I think, and that's that's that was kind of the bar right now. Just be something more interesting than last year and. Um, some people don't like it. I think there's some people, you know, going into the, uh, I guess, American style of it, uh, sort of the blue and the and the red. Oh, that it's patriotic. It, yeah, patriotic. Which, uh, whatever. Yeah. Facebook gonna, comments. The, the yeah. Facebook page is so <laughs> toxic. Yeah, y'all. If you are listening to us and you're a Facebook commenter, like, just just go do something else, man. Yeah. Just go, you know. Have have a sandwich. Like people are the, so mad. The, the the forever gift I will use. I say, calm down, Greg. It's soccer. Like it's it's the off season. <laughs> like wait till they lose six games in a yeah. row, and then then if you want to yell at the social media manager, go for it. I yeah. guess we you We're and just, I have yeah. you and I feel strongly about this. Yeah, we don't like to we don't like to just yell at. We have a podcast, and, and, so and, thus we have an outlet. But I guess, and, and, and you know, I, I kind of step back. People say, "Oh, you're just a you know a shill for the team," and you know, but it's like you know, hey, listen to some of our shows last year. We right. were we were we were pretty much done with this team, with you know with well, Olsen and just how they were playing. We we had reached that point where it was so painfully obvious that things needed to get done. Yeah. And we 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 have remained. We will remain a hundred percent truthful for this team. We are not going to change our opinions. We the, we have a new coach. There's a new. Um, let's see how they do in the off season. We we didn't even get to the transfer window. No. Transfer window starts March 10th. We're not even in a transfer window right now. Um, so it's going to be an excessively long. I think it runs until June. Yep. Which is which is which is pretty incredible. I, I think that's almost set up to actually almost be in that sort of summer window for for Europe. Once it gives Europe teams it gives teams a chance to replace like an Ariola if he signs with mm-hmm. with full like if if they ended it early that that would uh, that would change things for them so. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that 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 so you know let, 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 let's let's let we, we all got, you know, there are a lot of Olsen out people. I'm like, "All right, you got what you wanted. Now let's see what let's see what uh what Hernan Lasada can do. Let's see what the team can do." If you don't like the kit, that's fine. Don't buy it. Honestly, um, don't, don't don't buy it, and and that'll send the message enough that they need to do better next time around. They want more people to buy. No it. No one so. bought the last one, so <laughs> clearly this will be an improvement. <laughs> I saw a couple. I feel like I saw. A, I don't know. Maybe I Man, didn't. But <laughs> if you're if you if you're in the chat, if you're watching us right now, and you bought one of the white jerseys last year, please let us know. I don't think there's any of you. <laughs> um, so let's let's move on to the next thing, uh, and, and this is another thing that's now a little dated. No, it's not. That's that's the next topic after that. Uh, Lucho. Lucho. Lucho is potentially coming back to MLS. If you saw my thread, I got very excited about the possibility. I said why it could work. I talked about the difference between a Ben Olsen team and potentially an Lasada team. Um, it, but it appears that it does. It's not going to happen. It appears that he, if he's going anywhere in MLS, he's going to FC Cincinnati. So I will not. I will not go down the rabbit hole of the what ifs if he came back to DC. Um, it, DC apparently will get some sort of transfer, not transfer, but they'll get some sort of financial benefit. Frankie because Amaya, Frankie Amaya apparently wants to leave FC Cincinnati. I would be interested in maybe taking him as a uh, as a as a as a component of that, or maybe in an entirety of that. I don't know. Uh, but FC Cincinnati is going bananas crazy right now. They are, they are clearly tired of being offensively boring, and they're and they've signed and I don't have his name. A young Brazilian player who was uh, Alexander the, Pato, I think. Nope, nope. He went to Orlando. Okay. Um, 
but a player who was being tracked by Man United, who had a $40 million transfer uh, a target on him uh, before he went here. He had a year. He's only had one full year as a senior player uh, for, his, for his team, for his domestic team. Uh, but it's clearly they're, they're trying to change the way that they're, they're perceived around the league. And also, like, if I'm, if I'm Lucho Brenner, thank you, Ryan, Brenner. Uh, Ryan Johnson. Yep. Um, if I'm Lucho and I want to get back in the conversation about playing in Europe, I go to where the eyes are in the league. I was I had the opportunity to play with Wayne. The eyes were on Wayne. I got calls from PSG. If I go here where this player is being tracked by the rest of the world, if I if I go there and do well and have another Lucharu season, but with this Brenner guy, I'm back. I'm back in it. So I, I think that I would I, you know. I, I am I'm in the bag. I'm looking at an autograph picture above the my my <laughs> my monitor. I would love it for him to come back here, uh, but it's 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 not going to happen. And at least if DC gets something out of it, that you can't beat that. Yeah, and and I think I think I, I am pretty sure that FC Cincinnati called Casper and they were like, "Hey, we we're interested in signing Lucho," and he's like, "Oh, you are." Uh, yeah, we're interested too. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, how much, how much you want? Um, uh, any, the, the fact that DC is interested is just to, in my opinion, just to drive up, you know, if FC Cincinnati drops out, maybe they, they reach out and they talk. Um, he, Acosta's on the outs at, uh, at Atlas from what I've understood. He's made a couple spot appearances, uh, substitute appearances. Um, I am, I, I still have my Lucha jersey. I, I will forever cherish the memories of, of 2018 and, and how much, we got like half a season of just excitement where I it, it was the idea of of wanting to watch a DC United game because they were actually fun to watch at, at that point with 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 Wayne Rooney and, and, and Lucho Acosta. But I, I will I am forever skeptical. I think Acosta got got basically was figured out in in 2018 with Lucho and, and Wayne. And there was a lot of other things circling around. I am not convinced that he will that he can put it together for a a consistent amount of time consistency is what i am not seeing i am more certain that a player like uh edison flores could put together consistency better um than than lucho acosta so um i am fine with if the team gets you know five hundred six hundred thousand dollars for it fantastic that's a one percent or a percentage, small percentage it's found money. of money. <laughs> it's 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 twenty dollars you found in your jeans as you yeah, were washing your clothes. Basically, that you didn't expect to find. So I, we've had an, this is enough. Lucho slander. He is he's on the bench tonight for Atlas. It's I whatever. <laughs> I wish I wish that I wish that things were different. Um, we're also linked to Kieran Gibbs. This is one of those other like articles where it's like we're in the race. I'm just glad race. to be. I'm just be, glad to be in the conversation. Yeah, you know, when 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 Wayne here, when Wayne went here, any player that was playing in Europe who was going to go to MLS was like might go play DC United. Uh, one thing that's interesting, one, one interesting rumor. Again, we don't have a link yet, but apparently Kamar Lawrence, um, who's currently in Belgium right now, is linked to an MLS move uh, from an ex Red Bull defender. Um, and the only reason, the only reason why maybe we're saying this is because he currently plays in Belgium. Played at yeah, I think at Anderlecht. Uh, he played at Anderlecht. We just hired an assistant coach from Anderlecht. So I'm we, also, g- we also had him on a trial and cut him. Yeah. <laughs> and then he went to New York and was excellent for many years. <laughs> yep. So, hey, a chance to a chance to make up, so to speak, um, now having him in there. So I, I would look at this and be like, hmm, maybe there maybe there's some some legs to that. Um, of course, we already let go. Uh, we are now for certain that O'Neill Fisher is not going to be back. He is apparently signed with L.A., Yep. Um, so lots of people are very upset with that. Yeah, I think it's the. I think people just like him personally. It, it, it's it's a fan connection. It's a and and this is the thing with MLS. There there isn't you know it isn't like the NFL. It isn't like the NBA. There isn't you know free agency within the league where you know who exactly that. There's just such an international market. You pay teams to sign players. Uh, that doesn't exist in other leagues, so we we don't know who the team is looking at, who the team has been scouting. Uh, Hernan is Hernan has now been in uh, DC for a while. Maybe they've started to scout some players. Maybe they started to make some moves. I we are we are going to see players. They have to. They have to sign players. We're going to see players come in. Um, don't, everybody, just relax. Let's assess who they bring in. Let's not say, oh, we're losing all these players and we don't have anybody yet. Um, it. it they're, they're going to sign players, yeah. whether they're good or not. They will we'll be see. players on the roster. Yes. <laughs> probably less than the 28 that they're allowed, but that's 
that's how they that's how they roll. I that's a Maybe great transition. Maybe still Andy Nahar. Maybe still Andy Nahar. What a great transition to the yes. possibility. Uh, YouTuber once again, Ryan Johnson wants to hear us talk about Andy Nahar. So let's talk about Andy Nahar. Andy Nahar rumored to come back to uh, his boyhood club, DC United. Uh, he has had you know quite a hell of a run, uh, uh, quite a well a, a run of bad luck, injuries. Uh, was this was this was a player who signed for Anderlecht and was on Arsenal's radar mm-hmm. uh, when he was lightening up. The, there was rumor, and DC had that sell-on clause, and and injuries and everything else just kind of uh, everything kind of all went wrong. Um, now apparently he's also being uh, looked at by Olympia. I don't know if that's agent agent maybe saying you know hey you know pay me pay me what I'm worth otherwise I'm going to go to Olympia. That that's kind of what that seems like. I did see that. Um, potentially being potentially being linked there, um, but I would love Andy Nahar back. I, I am I am somebody who watched uh, who watched Andy Nahar, you know, all the way back in in 2010. Yep, I understand he's a shell of his former self. I think it would be great to have him back, uh, back sort of in his hometown. Um, he's twenty. He's only he's still only 27 years old. Going to be twenty eight by the time the season starts, and his knee is like forty seven. Unfortunately, I think he's had two. I think he's had two ACL injuries over the over the the last four years. I think is that right? So yeah, he's not going to be the same player. I right. I think as a as a as a for the fans for the people who um, for the people who have, have been a fan of this team who, who remember sort of watching Andy Nahar. This team has had way worse depth options out mm-hmm. there than Andy Nahar. Let's mm-hmm. be serious. I think. I think. And I, you know what? I, I'm not going to call him. I'm not going to call him done. I, I think he could. He could come in and surprise some folks. Uh, he's gonna. He maybe has to change his game, and maybe he knows that. Um, I, I think if you read, there was a great article uh, over on Angels on a Parade uh, that really sort of broke down. And and Alicia Rodriguez wasn't saying for sure, but it definitely seemed like the sort of Stop and go 2020 season um, was not really in the sort of large amount of games on a uh, on a scale really doesn't allow somebody to really integrate themselves into a team. Hopefully we're going to have a little bit more of a normal season this year. See Edison Flores for potential hope for that being the case. Yeah. So I'm not ready to call him done. I, I think I think he could still come in here and be an effective player. Um, and we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I hope, I hope he comes back. Um, but he may end up, you know, signing with Olympia and taking the, taking the payday, you know, or yeah, I'm not, I'm not really necessarily sure how much I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what a league minimum here versus a, a salary there would be. I'm not really totally sure. I mean, sure. Olympia is the biggest club in Costa Rica. So I think that does Honduras, isn't it? Honduras. Sorry. You're right. I apologize. Yeah, no, but, it's, but it's, yeah, I mean like, we could we could transfer market to see what like the 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 values of the players at Hond- uh, and and Olympia are. But either way, if if he's bad and he's depth and he's not making a lot of money, who cares? We're not going to sign somebody better. Like okay, say say we sign a starting right back, a different one, one that's good, one that's more expensive and has two good knees and is twenty five years old, twenty four years old, and Chris Odoyatsum already was was the second the second option. That wasn't going to change. How much? more value does O'Neill Fisher bring than Andy Nahar? What kind of upside does Andy Nahar have that O'Neill Fisher didn't have? I, I don't think it matters. Like, I, I think this is entirely, it, it's, it's a, it's a lottery ticket. If he can get, if he can get some of his, some of his mojo back. Awesome. If he can't, if he brings, if, if he, if he excites the, the Honduran community that has not really been uh, really energized in the last few years. Cool. That's more benefit. Um, I, I, I just, I don't see the downside. We'll see if it actually happens. Rodney Wallace, another player, Costa Rican national, former DC United player. He, he, his, his career really, however, took off in Portland, uh, where he had, I think he was a MLS cup winner at some point. Um, also training to come back. He trained last year, did not make a roster spot that that's great depth on the wings. I would love, I would love it. It was fantastic. Um, if it actually happens, we'll see. I think that there are affordable options that the, that the teams are familiar with. They're going to get a chance to look at them up close and have sort of exclusive opportunity to sign them because they'll be in, they'll be in training with them. Um, hope it happens. Uh, quick Kamar Lawrence button on this. Calvin from YouTube says, I think the Lawrence one depends on how you think about Mora. How realistic is it that you have both on your roster at once? In theory, both are nailed on starters when healthy. I think that's true. I think I think the fact that there's there's been a lot of 
I mean, of the rumors that are existing, left back is a position that they that they are targeting that they're looking at. You know, at least according to the media. Well, the question the question then becomes though, does Mora fit? This team is talking about shifting to a three five two and and trying to set that up. Um, I think maybe Mora fits into that. Does Kamar Lawrence fit into that? You know, I, I'd have to go back and watch tape. I'm not sure. Um, so I think a lot of that. Uh, we're we're just we're just drawing the strings based on the fact that you know we just signed we just suddenly have some Belgian influence in here so maybe they can be like hey we this Kamar Lawrence guy's good we should we should bring him in um, and he's already an MLS player so you know we don't we don't have to worry too much about yeah adjustment but um but uh, we'll see uh, I hope I, I am I am hopeful we're gonna I am I am eagerly awaiting some rumors right now now that the season is now two months away instead of a month or instead of starting next week like we were last year remember the season started in february last year mm. crazy well i crazy. like that because it gave us actual games to talk about versus the, <laughs> the tap dancing you and i will do for the next two months i mean uh, not tap dancing urgent content that everyone's gonna enjoy every month <laughs> uh let's talk uh let's talk let's talk abroad uh yeah, yeah we can do that because there are multiple DC United players present, past and current that are that are applying their trade in Europe right now. Yep. And we let's start let's start with the big one. We'll, we'll get to the I, I posted the 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 Winnie the Pooh meme with uh falling Paul at Swansea and falling Chris Durkin at um at, at STV VV. We'll, we'll start who with was it, a, who was it that that then added on to that the Marquinhos <laughs> Marquinhos Pedroso's <laughs> rep team? <laughs> That, that was, was pretty good. That was yeah. like I was like I hats off, clap, golf clap, yep. golf clap. Um, but uh, let's talk. Paul Riola, twenty five minutes in a loss to Man City. Um, I put some money on hopefully having him score. I also put some money on Chris scoring. Uh, five point six foot mob rating. I don't agree with that. He set up the one of the only goals. I don't know how a player can start when you're down three nothing. Hey, I'm just, I just cited the I just cited the scoring. I didn't I didn't say anything Come on, about foot it. Mob. <laughs> I just foot mob has a, you know they're, they're whatever. Is that like they're, the FIFA? You know you ever play like the 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 FIFA like player career and like you don't do anything and then suddenly minus it's like po- minus, minus point one <laughs> minus point one minus <laughs> point one wrong position wrong position. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, it yeah. might be like that. That's kind of what it feels like. Um, Swansea is still in second place, I believe, in the league. This was their FA Cup loss. It was always going to happen against Man City. Mm-hmm. Good opportunity for Paul and for Jordan to play. Uh, they have a game coming up this week at uh, uh, on Wednesday against Nottingham Forest at 2 p.m. So check that one out. It should be on ESPN Plus, right? All the championship games are or no? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On ESPN Plus, they're select. It's kind of like a select games. They don't show them all. But at Swansea is one that, that gets regular. It, it's it's the teams that have like the U.S. Follow- it's very clear like the teams that have the U.S. following are yep. the ones they pick to like Logically. broadcast. So Swansea <laughs> Swansea's definitely on there. I'm sure. I'm sure every one of their games is going to be uh, is going to be on on ESPN plus if, if not all of them. I cannot wait to wear my garish away Swansea jersey. Have you got it to. yet? Is oh, it, it's on its way. Yeah, it's, it's on, on its way. way. Yep. <laughs> I don't know, man. Th- those international postage. Uh, I'll get it eventually. Uh, and when he get when he just when he hopefully comes back in in May, that's when I'll that's when it'll get here. It'll be a collector's item. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Nottingham Forest on two. Ooh, that's got some. That's got some like deep, deep DC connections mm-hmm. right there. Swansea versus Nottingham Forest. I, I kind of have. A, I think all DC fans. There are a lot of classic dc united fans that have like a soft spot for nottingham forest uh because they're like perennial championship teams i'm pretty sure they have haven't played in the premiership since like you know since the 19 like 1990s era like premiership and they've been like perennial championships so i always kind of root for them to make it to the champ tell them why tell them the connection ted they may not know if they're new oh yes uh the your the former coach you guys all love uh, ben Olsen played there for for I think it was like a couple games. Uh, played really well, and then his ankle out, exploded. Like, <laughs> his ankle exploded, which seems to be uh, I, someone's got to come up with like a curse or something because we have Andy Nahar goes to Belgium. His his knee explodes. You have uh, Ben Olsen uh, ankle explodes. Uh, so that seems to be happening a lot. Paul, stay safe, man. Stay burn, safe, buddy. burn some incense do whatever you need to do <laughs> uh do, do whatever you need. yes exactly uh but we'll see uh, we'll see what kind of playing time he gets on wednesday i think he'll probably be off the bench again um i don't know if you'll see him starting uh, a chance maybe to play against some some uh uh not manchester city i guess opponent would be the best way to describe that that's a pretty uh, tough way to come in uh, but and thankfully, thankfully, thank you to the Belgian League and ESPN Plus because we can now watch uh, Chris Durkin. Uh, he played last week for STVV. Uh, I got a chance to watch the game. Uh, I was actually very impressed because I, 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 I've, I've made fun of 
of the STVV lineup because number one, it has Chris Durkin playing as a right midfielder or as a right back um, when he is if, – if maybe based on how I saw him at DC, he is none of those things. <laughs> um, but – and I thought, oh, man, this team sits back. And, and they do play very much a low block, but they sort of play a style – uh, kind of akin to what DC United d- had done at certain points. They sort of play a low block and then they get the ball and they go. And it's like, all right, let's go. Let's move forward, direct passing. You know, they they they, they sort of bunker, 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 and then they spring. And uh, in the game I saw them against, I'm not going to remember who their opponent is. I, you don't I, have to. It's fine. Yes. Uh, I know they started with an S as well. They had a very similar abbreviation style. Um, they outplayed their opponents in the first half. Uh, they have a, I think, a... a I'm not going to speculate as to which they have a Asian uh, striker up top who's actually uh, apparently been lighting up the league uh, since they got him and has sort of kept them sort of above uh, relegation. Barely. Uh, had several clear chances. The goalkeeper made some incredible saves. Uh, Chris Durkin uh, actually uh, o- almost had an assist. Uh, He's a- credited as one on uh, on uh, FootMob. They gave him the assist in the last game he played. Oh, they did? Yep. Because he that, ga- that goal was called back. Well, <laughs> he got the assist. It went over the top, and then they called the goal back. So, um, I know it almost seems like this community sourced uh, Belgian stats <laughs> page is incorrect. I don't know. Yeah, but, but, but I did see it was a, a great ball over the top. Um, I, I was I was very impressed. He he is a much the time in Europe has turned him into a much more polished player. I you saw the skill, you saw the ability that he had. Um, on the field but he just never quite saw the polish and i noticed he he was very controlled on where his position was he was definitely stepping back um but he was still able to you know ping the ball you know long distances and that was his that was his calling card right yeah I, that's what i remember most about him and the fact that he didn't get polished was because he didn't play long stretches yep so, so. He, he's getting time he's getting moments this team is playing a very very defensive counter-attacking style which Suits him having him out there on the field. So um, I'll, I'll be curious to see, you know, maybe if anybody else is watching, uh, because I was I was pretty impressed with, with how he looked in this game. Um, and he seems to be flourishing and doing well. So um, hats off to him. Would you imagine that he stays if they get relegated? If Would he, would he play in the Belgian second division? I don't know. I, I think though, I think they'll move up. I think they've done well, done well enough to keep themselves. Um, they're only they're one. They're one spot out of the relegation zone. So I it's under- tight. Yeah, it's tight. I understand that, but I, I think I think they managed to keep up. I think they they have a striker. Uh, they just signed a striker in the January window that I think has helped kind of do wonders for them uh, to keep them sort of afloat, um, uh, well enough afloat. So we will see. So we've yeah. got uh, we've got some mailbag that I want to work through. Thank you guys for answering the call on a short notice. Uh, James Lambert, uh, Screaming Eagle President, says, John, they are seven points clear. Are they? How many games left to play? They've, uh, I guess it's seventeen. It's thirty-four. They got seven games left, and they are seven points clear. Right, well, I don't know where I don't know where you're getting the one point from, my friend. I'm sorry. I didn't uh, say that. I said they were one spot. They are two spots. It's seventeenth and eight. Seventeenth. I'm never going to use FootMob again for my Belgian. <laughs> That's my what Belgian Google's telling data. me. That's what Google's telling me. Apparently, they have. Oh, they have Europa League playoffs too. So they have a playoff to decide their Europa League. That's interesting. I don't and think they, 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 they actually have playoffs. The they they have playoffs the in the Belgian league, actually. I see a championship round. That's kind of fun. That's why that's why he went there. He felt comfortable. Yes. Playoffs <laughs> in a playoff situation. Yes. James says, Can a new attacking system redeem Kamara as a number one striker? That's a that's the one hundred million dollar question for DC United. I think that a, uh, they're gonna give him a chance to. I think they're gonna try to bring in I think there's definite interest in bringing in a player to compete with him. I think he's got half of a season to prove that last year was a fluke. And that it was down to service. It was down to lack of confidence. It was down to the season's peculiarity. Um, but I think that he's running out of chances. I think he's a cat that's used up eight of his lives. Uh, and I think we'll find out very soon. He's going to have to. He's going to have to hit the hit the bricks running. He's, they're going to have to have, a, have an opportunity to score some goals early on in order for them to trust him that that he's actually a solution. If not, they're going to spend money in the window. They have to. Yeah, um, I, I I think I think you're right about that. This is sort of the this is the the his last maybe not his last chance his last chance with DC. I think they're saying I think they are cutting some slack to a lot of players. They're obviously cutting some slack uh, to um, uh, to Edison Flores. They're cutting slack to pretty much everybody up and down the roster. Uh, 
you know, Pauliola gets injured, can't really fault him too much. Um, I think they're looking at new coach, new identity. You know, we looked decent down the stretch. You know, I, I think that's kind of the, maybe the uh, maybe what they're what they're looking at here and saying, okay, let's give him another shot. You know, I, the, the pieces are there for him to be successful. He's got a lot of talent around him. Even minus Paul Ariola, he's still got Julian Gressel. He's still got Edison Flores. There's a lot of players in there that are almost designed just to service him the ball and to score. Um, so if he can figure out a way to to get hot and get the get the strikers uh, strikers touch, um, then you know then 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 we we might have something here. Um, I, I don't know if I'm ready to to write him off just yet, but um, it's it's close. We'll, we'll see. Talk to me five games into the season, and we'll see yeah. how I'm feeling. Yeah, I think I think that we're definitely going to find somebody else coming in. There, are, there. Are, someone tried to tell me I were talking on the Discord um, earlier this week. By the way, search for us if you want to join the RFK Refugees Discord or uh, message us. Um, but they were talking about how we actually have lots of forwards, and uh, and Gelman Rivas is still listed on the jersey um, order sheet. That for for me, that's not uh, indicative of, of a certainty of them signing. I think that there could be a possibility that that was an oversight, um, but also. That's not that's not good enough. We have the guy. I forget his name, and I'm not going to apologize for forgetting his Yordi name. He scored one goal. Not Yordi. I was not even thinking about him. The guy from LAFC. Oh, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I think that there's an opportunity there that they can still. Uh, they're not fill up. There's an opportunity to, to add another player there. There, there's not anyone they can't move along uh, easily uh, if they. Yordi Reina is a financial commitment. So he'll get opportunities, but he never seemed, he was never deployed as a nine. Yeah. It was never the way that they, they played, played, played him. So, uh, I think that James, I think it's going to be a matter of, they're going to have, he's going to have a very short leash and he's going to have to produce and there yeah. will not be any excuses anymore. And I, and I think maybe, you know, getting in that player that can compete with him, that's, you know, even if they can't go out and get like the star striker that they want. Um, I think it's still kind of sending him, maybe even sending him a message, hey, man, you know, we're, we're going to break, we, we're, we're looking elsewhere. So show us, show us what you got. So, and I don't know where he goes from here. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know where else he would go. So he's got, I, you know, he, he's has proven talent in MLS over time. So just bring it back. Hopefully, hopefully he can get the service he needs. Yep. That's going to be the key. Yeah. Getting him the ball in the right spots and, and having him put the ball away. So, um, yeah. Sean Ma- Sean Maslin, this is a this is a question format that does not usually uh, suit us. Usually, other podcasts much better at these than we are. If DC United was a rock band, which band would they be? <laughs> is anything is anything uh, pop you, for you immediately? You 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 got this. I'm I, no. Oh well, just because I pick music for the show. If DC United roster was a rock band, um, it's very it's very it's very young for the most part. Um, and I think that it's not something that uh, has a lot of national interest. So we're talking about maybe like an indie band that uh, that 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 no one that no one's heard of outside of their main city, considering the amount of goals they scored and sort of their their national attention. They don't have a lot of, particularly with Paul going. I don't think there's a lot of players that casuals are going to tune in to see. I don't know. It's a band you've never heard of. Let's just say it like let's just say it like <laughs> that. It's a band that is you know they're playing in the, they're playing in the clubs. Real small clubs, like like fifty seat, fifty uh, occupancy, and you know maybe they'll get discovered and maybe they'll 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 have a breakout. But for the most part, you won't have heard of them unless you're unless you're a local. If you're a local, you'll heard of them. That's the best I can do. I, I I think I think there's more there's more name recognition with with DC United surrounding. They're more of that rock band that that had that maybe one one or two breakout hits. And then has sort of been floundering, trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Is kind what of is a it, what is a famous band that has had all of their members replaced? <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that at one point was extremely famous, and then over time, maybe through like age and attri- like what what old band? I would say Van Halen, <laughs> but that's no good anymore. But like a band that has just like been around so long, they've cycled out. You know, I, I'm gonna. Uh, should I say like? Should I go local with Richmond and say we're kind of like Guar? Like we're just like sure, perfect. We we are we are well known amongst like rock circles and everything. And like you know, we we signed players like Freddie Adu. We've you know we've won championships. You know we've been big and famous. And and now it's just kind of like we're, we're very localized. Like you know, people in Richmond know who who Guar is and everything. So maybe that's what I'll go with. We're a uh, we're a uh, Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band and Ben Ol- <laughs> and Ben Olsen was uh, Bruce Springsteen and now and now they've just cycled out. 
I don't know who uh, he Max did the, Weinberg he did, is. He did the Jeep commercial. He did. <laughs> uh, or right, or that, the Jeep commercial, a.k.a. forgetting to put right Russell Knauss on the team sheet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you that this is the this is better than I thought this question was going to go. I think we I think we landed that one. Um, uh, at Bella in my bones says, who does DC United buy for the right back role? Assuming we don't play Knauss there all year again. We yeah, went through a lot of options. We we went through Andy Nahar, we went through Kamar Lawrence, we went through Yeah. Canals unlikely to be it. Maybe maybe he will be. I don't know. It's uh, I all I know is from interviews that he gave he doesn't want to play there necessarily. Nope. Uh but we're still I don't I, you know in, in I, a 3 in a 3-5-2 how is if does he is 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 Ernan going to play two defensive midfielders and how do you balance when Felipe gets back in July? The, How do the, you balance the rotation? The the one thing I'm hopeful for, Ben, and, and the, the Russell Canals right back was something that sort of kind of worked like towards the end of the 2019 season. And it, it worked, I think, because no one really had tape on him and, you know, no one really expected him in that position. Um, and what Ben Olsen was, had a habit of doing, which is when something would work, he would kind of ride it out until it stopped working and even go further than that. Three, five, two works, worked a little bit. And he's like, all right, let's keep doing it. Oh, that didn't work. All right, let's, let's try it again. Let's really commit to the, oh, no, it's, it's really going bad. Let me, let me, let me shuffle back. Um, he's, uh, he's Michael Scott driving the GPS into the lake, even though it said to turn because it was <laughs> at one point it was correct. Yeah. So I, I think that is, that, that is kind of what we saw out of the whole right back thing. I hope, we don't see that again. Um, I, I think this is a critical year for for Russell Knaus. Um For sure, he, I think that's he, I think totally. He he started to show a lot of promise. He was getting some national team attention um, when when the team brought him in in 2017. He had he was I I will contend him and Bill Hamid coming back made a huge difference in this 2018 team that does not get talked about because of Wayne Rooney. Um, and we haven't seen that ability. We haven't seen that really from him. We've, we've seen flashes a little bit who have a good game here or there, but we haven't seen the consistency that we saw when he, when he sort of returned from injury in 2018. So um, I, I think this is a crucial, this is a crucial year for him. So, uh, and I, I tell you what, you bring in a new coach, there's a player we have not talked about that is going to come out of nowhere because it's, it's what happens with any, with any, with any situation like this. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be fun this year, guys. Uh, we still got two months to go. <laughs> uh, with that in mind, the last question we have here uh, from Grillbot Eight Thousand is: Are we going to suck again? I know, that, I know who that is. Uh, it's kind of funny. Um, I know exactly. I won't say who it is because he's clearly hiding his name. But I know who who that person is. Um, okay. I, I I don't I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Well, who really do you, knows? Do you think we'll be last in the league again, or second to so. last in the league again? I, I don't I, think so either. I, I think there's enough talent. I, I think this team. Floor is tenth in the in the East, which I'm mm-hmm. not sure if actually that's last anymore. Ceiling is fifth, fifth or sixth right now. You know, who knows? Maybe they signed some players. Maybe some things change. I, I mean, I think there's enough talent. Even without Ariola, there is enough talent on this team to be a decent MLS team. Um, I, I I contend that if the team had played the way that they played, um sort of the bat the sort of back half of the season after Olsen was let go, they played a sort of very simple style. They would have made the playoffs because there was enough talent. It was just being it was not being used correctly by Ben. Um and that that'll be his ultimate downfall, I think, in twenty twenty was just he, the complete mismanagement of the talent he had there. Um so um yeah. DC United DC United was only three points away from the tenth spot. Yeah, in, they in almost playoffs. made a playoff. They almost made a playoff yep. spot. Let's be clear. Took it they to were the last they day. were they were alive on the last day. They were in the playoffs at halftime of their last game. They were in the playoffs. Um, so everybody, everybody, and and it's that whole back half of the season. No one talks about it, none of the national media. Everybody's like, "Oh man, it was just an awful season for DC." And I said, "Sure, it wasn't great, but that back half, you know, that sort of last few games of the season wasn't really that bad. They got some wins in situations that." You know, they needed to get wins and they were alive heading into the last day. But it's almost like the national media is acting like they were out of it, you know, with seven games to go or something like that. So did you know that the Columbus crew last year were zero five and five away from home? They were nine one and zero at home and they were they had they won no games away. And they <laughs> that's that, that is, that's a wild record. 
Yeah, let, let, let's not even look at the standings for the team. It was weird. It, it was a weird year. It was a weird year. I just think a peculiarity I, for how the season I, ended up for them. I am so hopeful we're going to have a normal season, normal standings. We're not using points per game. Um, I think we will. Yeah. I think yeah. I think I think we will have that. Yeah, hopefully. So that that's our mailbag. I just want to let everybody know uh, we are uh, starting a new project here as far as uh, multiple shows a week on the regular. That is our plan. Um, I'm going to be going out to both our existing Patreon f- uh, folks and also just listeners with a survey probably this week about sort of what our plans are and want to get your feedback on it. But this week. Uh, we'll have Ted Cudipietro on uh, on for an interview. It will not be live. The second show will not be live. Uh, it'll be in your feeds on Thursday. So look out for that. And then next week, we'll have Andy Sullivan uh, yeah. from Washington Spirit, U.S. Women's National Team. So make sure you get your questions in for both of those um, and uh, be on the lookout for it. Yeah. And, uh, again, and also, hey. and also, please uh, give us – we haven't had a review lately on iTunes. So if you're a listener and haven't done that yet – Give us uh, give us a chance, unless you want to rate us poorly, and then you know just keep on doing whatever you're doing that isn't rating podcasts. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash RFKRefugees, RFKRefugees.com on the website. We've actually been getting some uh, some blog content out there for you, so um, we're we're gonna we're gonna try our best to keep that keep that rolling around. Twitter.com slash RFKRefugees. Join our Discord. Uh, thank you all so so much for listening, and we will catch you guys uh, next week. Vamos, vamos. <laughs>